Good morning, and we welcome you today as we begin this Sunday morning, and uh, trust that uh, you've had a great week, and uh, looking forward to celebrating the Lord and our relationship with Him this morning. Glad to have you with us today. A few things as we get started, as you're coming in, I hope that uh, you'll take a moment and uh, fill out a connection card if you're visiting with us, and uh, you can find some QR codes that'll be uh, there, there's one even on the screen up here, but then there's also ways for you to do that online. And if you're interested in just making us aware of your presence, uh, we hope that you, you'll do that this morning. As we get started here today, I uh, want to remind you a few things happening today. Again, there's our uh, time uh, fellowship in between the services. As we leave here, we go back uh, in that fellowship hall towards the other end of the building, and uh, you're welcome to come. There's a lot of opportunity there to enjoy something that is definitely not healthy. And uh, but at the same time, uh, there are uh, other things there that uh, could also excite you, and that is opportunity just to interact with people and uh, be able to catch up with one another as uh, we go through these busy days. Sometimes it's nice just to hear what's happening in other people's lives and uh, be reminded of what's going on. And uh, so hope that uh, you'll take a moment after the morning service and spend some time back there in fellowship. And then, if you're able to, excuse me, <coughs> stay for the 11 o'clock discipleship hour. And uh, those are kind of sprinkled throughout the building. Uh, if you have questions about where they're meeting and things of that nature, uh, Kelly O'Rear is usually in the back and he's very willing to uh, help you with that. You say, well, who is he? Uh, somebody knows who Kelly is, all right? Uh, but today he's, uh, he's here and uh, more than happy to tell you where a class might be in this area, just so that if you aren't connected with one yet, uh, we do what we call as a sermon review. It's a time for us just to kind of walk back through uh, what we heard in the morning and uh, usually meeting here towards the back end over there by the sound booth and uh, just kind of taking opportunity to reprocess and, and uh, apply what uh, we've learned uh, through the morning service. And then there's other classes, uh, one on Proverbs. Uh, well, I shouldn't even start it. Uh, there's, there's a bunch. And uh, so hopefully, uh, if you're able to get involved with one, I encourage you to do so. Uh, in the bulletin, there's a lot of information. Uh, each week now, we're going to be trying to keep you apprised of some of the different things that are happening within our Grace Builds. And I uh, hope you'll take a moment, look at that. I had some major movement uh, this last week in our uh, building project as far as related to FEMA. Very excited about that. And uh, so hopefully uh, you can be in prayer and keep thinking through uh, ways to communicate uh, encouragement to those that are on the Darcy. I know they need it. They've been at this for a long time. And uh, just praise the Lord for what we're starting to see come together for that. You'll notice as well that uh, there's a prayer reminder. Uh, back at the beginning of the school year in August, we had a time where we asked our school staff to come and us as a church got together. We had a fellowship time. And if you remember, you had an opportunity to grab some of those prayer cards, a little small cards just talking about their life and who they are. And uh, most of you picked up one of those. And I just want to just encourage you, be reminded to be praying for them and uh, be thinking about them turn of the year, we're going to do that again, not necessarily a fellowship time, but we're going to get the cards back out and give you an opportunity to pick up some additional names and people and, and uh, kind of add to the list and to pray for those people then through the rest of the school year. And so just be in prayer for them and uh, pray as God continues to really challenge. We've had over 15 salvations in our elementary alone in this year. Isn't that exciting? Amen. And uh, when you think about what God's doing there, amen. 
And that's just a reminder that part of bringing the gospel in those young lives and being able to share the gospel, even through education, is the really one of the underwriting themes and reasons why we believe in a Christian education experience. And so grateful for that. And I know we have others that serve in our public schools, that serve in homeschooling ventures and things. It is important for us to be in prayer for our next generation and uh, really encouraging them to, to seek after Christ. And I appreciate all the work that's going on here as well, uh, what the Gilmores are doing and the others that work with them and uh, down all the way into our elementary ages and appreciate Sandy and Jen and the work they're doing. So just a time to be thinking about that and uh, be in prayer for that if you would. Uh, you'll notice that we have some special giving projects, and I kind of want to talk a little bit about that just briefly this morning. Uh, Faye De Leon's, and continue to pray for them, uh, Jemery and his health, and uh, there's some real challenges here at this point where he's at in that time, and praying for uh, the, uh, the darlings, and uh, praying for Holly and uh, their family through this experience. And then also McDowell's and uh, the adjustments and the changes and the challenges there, and especially as we go into this time of the year, and as continue to pray for their situation. If you're able to contribute and give, I know these families would appreciate that. Uh, we have established two different funds uh, for Ukraine and then one for the Dominican Republic. And uh, this is a way for us to help Ukraine, obviously, with what's going on there in a very war-torn situation. Dominican Republic, we've, as a church, had a very strong connection with the Dominican Republic for years. In fact, uh, so much so that we, we stole away a Dominican to be the pastor of our Hispanic ministry, Jensi and his wife, Diana. And uh, so we have a real strong affinity, and they were not too long ago hit with that uh, hurricane that went through there. And uh, there are some specific projects that we have that we want to help with. And so if you're able to contribute, that is one way. Now we've added, and there's one other that's not here, uh, the Blushes and then also the Gilmores. And uh, we've uh, had it within our heart to be able to help them as they're going through some different uh, challenging times and uh, blushes as they've been having to travel, have the opportunity to travel up and uh, be with uh, Tyler and uh, their daughter. And uh, that just incurs some expense. And uh, at the same time, they're not asking for anything. But isn't it wonderful when a church can just do something to encourage and to support? And so we want to do that. And uh, so if you're able to give to the Blushes or to the Gilmores or and to both of them, uh, those again are some other projects that we have that uh, we have set up and uh, so that you can contribute and help meet those needs. So just a way for us to love on them and to encourage them uh, throughout this time. Uh, as well, our missionaries, and uh, you'll notice we have a missionary of the week, and that is the uh, Hunter and uh, Sammy Williams, and uh, they're working with Awana. But uh, in light of that as well, we have two other missionaries that need some assistance. I don't know if you've seen Caitlin Pollock and uh, her request uh, just to pray for, and if you're able to contribute, uh, it's a, a security issue around the children's home that she works with in Kenya. And uh, so there's uh, a sum of money that uh, she's trying to raise to help uh, bolster uh, their facilities there, and uh, it's a fencing project. And so if you're interested in contributing to that, you can do that through us as well, and we will pass that on. And then also this morning, Melissa Baccarella wrote, and uh, she is looking to raise $3,500 to uh, take care of the rest of what she has for her furlough and uh, getting back to Italy, uh, those expenses incurred there. So several ways for us to just think about how can we maybe support, encourage, give 
uh, pray for. Uh, maybe you're not able to financially do anything. That's not the point. Are we willing and are we invested? And how are we doing that even in our prayer life? So just some things there to be mindful of. And I hope that you'll take a moment, finish reading the rest of this. There's a lot of information in there. And uh, I hope that it'll help you uh, to be aware of what's going on in the next few days. Uh, Kelly O'Rear wanted me to also mention that there is a, some information, there is some literature, uh, there are some different things out there. We have the track that is How to Have a Happy Christmas. Uh, and uh, this is a, a little bit of a booklet, but at the same time, it's a way to really present the gospel. And then also, some of you have inquired about some thoughts on, uh, you know, I'm looking at, I know the new year is coming, I'm looking for something maybe to maybe change things up in the way I've been doing uh, my devotional time and my quiet time with the Lord. Uh, what are some resources that maybe are available to me? And one of those is, if you've never done it, maybe a one-year Bible, uh, something along this line is something that uh, you would be interested in. There's some other information and materials that uh, Kelly has put together, just examples that you can look at if you want to go purchase them, you want to uh, have him help you with getting them, he's more than willing to do that, and uh, so we want to make those available to you. Well, as we make ready to worship, as we come together here this morning, uh, we, we change gears here kind of quickly, but at the same time, in all of these things that we're talking about, whether it's through missions, whether it is through a care ministry to other people who are hurting, whether it's recognizing that we're grateful for the ministries that God has allowed Grace Baptist to start and to, to work through and to function. In all of these things, we're grateful for what the Lord is doing and how he is leading us and how he is encouraging our hearts to just be sensitive to his will and his leading. And in all of these things, we turn to a very gracious, benevolent God who gives to us everything that we need. And so we bring our attention to him this morning, and as a people gather together again in this place, a borrowed facility, waiting and anticipating when God will allow us to be back on our own property and things like that, and all of these things, we just appreciate that there is a plan that God has in place and that he's at work and we are trusting in the sufficiency of his grace. And so we're grateful that we can worship him this morning. And if you would, let's stand together and we're going to look again at a verse that kind of ties us into this time in which we find ourselves as we come here, moving out of what we would consider a holiday of thankfulness and thanksgiving, but into now this season that we're entering into of Christmas and anticipation. And we're going to hear a message that the angels will deliver. We bring to you good tidings of great joy because there is now peace on earth. And thinking about this verse again in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 15, where the real peace comes from, and that is because of Christ. Let's say this verse together. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let's go to the Lord at this time, and let's prepare our hearts to worship him in song, and may our hearts ready to receive him in his word. Father, grateful for the day the beauty of it, the brisk nature of it. Lord, it reminds us of the seasons that we're in. It's also the reminder that there is always around us change. Sometimes the change is ones that we look forward to, and then there's the changes that come that we don't anticipate with joy or we don't relish the thought. But Lord, we recognize that life is filled with a measure of what we would say in our perspective, uncertainty. But I'm grateful that you know all things. Lord, I'm grateful for your omniscience. 
And Lord, that even in the knowing, it's not a, a God that is bound by just having knowledge and then is inept and ab- unable to do anything with that knowledge. But Lord, in that knowledge, you have created a plan, a purpose, knowing every beginning and every end. And Lord, that sovereign nature that you possess, that ability that you have, your power, and Lord, the strength that you have to be God in spite of our frailty, you stand in the vacuum that's created in our insufficiency. Lord, I thank you that this morning we have opportunity to come and to worship you, to adore you. And Lord, as we sing the songs of our faith, to declare the attributes, the qualities, the expressions of your word, the, the ways that the artists and the poets have it framed together the words so that we can declare these truths. I pray that our hearts would resonate with them, and Lord, that we would magnify you, or that we would take you out of the quagmire that the world has created in our mind, and we would elevate you and see you for who you are. You are God. And Lord, we magnify you and we adore you this morning. So Lord, may you be praised. Lord, we have people that are part of our church that are hurting. We have families that are struggling. Lord, there are those of us who have lost loved ones in the last few years or even the last few days. Lord, we understand the sense of the burden of loss and the memories that holidays always bring. Lord, then we have those that are enduring grief right now and the sense of anticipation of loss. Lord, thinking about loved ones who are suffering through a disease or suffering through a situation of life that has brought them to a realization that time is short. Lord, we have those that are enduring the the difficulties of life, whether financially, whether it be just a relationship that is sour. Lord, in all of these things, our hearts can grow weary and we can grow burdened. And Lord, we're grateful that you are the lifter of our heads. You are the ones that says, look up, your redemption draws near. And Lord, I'm grateful that you did not promise a better world, you promised a better place, and that's with you. And Lord, I'm grateful that you have come to redeem and to save us. And Lord, as we enter into this time of Advent, as we enter into the season of anticipation, Lord, I'm grateful that we already know how the story ends. We even know how our lives will end. And Lord, I'm grateful for the plan of salvation. So bless our day. And may you be seen. May we truly glorify you. And it's in Christ's wonderful name we pray. Amen. Good morning. It's uh, wonderful uh, to have you with us this morning and to lead you in worship. It's also a wonderful season to be able to sing uh, different types of songs and sing a few Christmas carols this morning. And I hope the Lord will encourage you as we begin this morning singing, Oh, Come All Ye Faithful.
chapter 2 and verse 13 through 16. I'd like for you to read that. I believe I have it on the screen there. But read that with us before we sing, uh, come and worship Christ the Lord. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on peace, peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven. The shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. I'm thankful this morning that we can come with that anticipation and excitement that the shepherds came with, and we can worship the same wonderful Lord, Christ the Lord. Come and worship. Cross. For even in your suffering, 
your soul to the other side. Knowing this was our salvation, Jesus for our Savior of Luke this morning, Luke chapter 1. One announcement that I was remiss in showing or talking about is our ladies retreat that's coming up in January. And uh, I hope that uh, ladies, you'll take a moment, look at that. It's in the bulletin there and uh, something that Camilla would love for you to be a part of. And uh, so hopefully you can take a moment and see that. Luke chapter 1. 
I'd like to go to verse 26 in this storyline of the narrative that Luke gives to us in his gospel accounting. Over the next few weeks here in this month of December, we're going to be looking at the character of Christmas, thinking through it in a way that brings out some of the attributes and the qualities, but really looking at some of the characters, thinking of the sense of a the storyline. My wife and I went and saw, I uh, can't remember actually the name of it, the Ring the Bells or Hear the Bells or there was a bell involved. <laughs> and it's the story of Longfellow. Uh, and uh, we just went and saw this last night. And uh, nobody told me that I needed a box of Kleenex with me. And because uh, I don't cry, I never cry. I'm such a very calloused soul. But uh, I had to wash my shirt afterwards. The sleeves were all messed up. And uh, it's just interesting because of the fact that so many times we appreciate the qualities, the attributes, the, the personification of, you know, these attributes and qualities of, in a person's life. And uh, we come to the Christmas story, and the reason why I was tying those together is, is that so many times we, we appreciate the, the way that a story is told, and there's these, the protagonist, the antagonist, the storyline that is shared. You've got the ones that uh, help kind of fill in. You know, I always think, you know, we, we look over the innkeeper. You know, we, I think in many ways we look over Joseph. He's the guy that kind of just stands off in the corner somewhere, you know. And there's all of these characters. Had a conversation with one of the men last Sunday, you know, why shepherds? You know, what is it as part of this story? We are so familiar with this story. And so over the next few weeks, now next Sunday we have the cantata, and there's a lot of music. There's going to be a lot that is brought together through the power of music. But this is a familiar story, and many times the danger of a familiar relationship with something is that we can grow almost contemptuous or apathetic towards it. So I want to reinvest a little bit of time looking at the character of Christmas. Luke chapter 1 and verse 26, it says, Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee named or called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age, and she who was called barren is now in her sixth month, for nothing will be impossible with God. 
I love verse 38. And Mary said, behold, the bond slave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed. Father, I pray as we open your word this morning that you will help us to think through, to ponder, to consider the characteristics, the, the qualities, those that you place within your story, within the revelation of your son, the revealing of him to a world that was very dark and bleak, and a lot of animosity and anger and hostility kind of reminds me of today. Lord, I pray that we would present Christ well. Lord, may you be seen. And Lord, I pray that you would help us even in these dark days to make sure that you are the limelight, the focal point, the day star born. Lord, may we truly appreciate the story that Christmas brings. And it's in Christ's name we pray. This morning, I want to talk about Mary's resume. I was thinking about it in the sense of what it takes many times to apply for a position. Most, a lot of jobs you would apply for would many times ask for a potential employee to send in a resume. And on this resume, one will list their credentials, their backgrounds, their qualifications, information about them, and maybe along that line, a list of references to help collaborate and to you know, help prove that you are who you are and all those good things. I was thinking about this, and there was a story about the time uh, several years ago when the chief of staff of the U.S. Air Force decided that he would personally intervene in the recruiting crisis. And he was dealing with a lot of shortages in the Air Force, and so he decided to get involved very personally. So he directed that a nearby Air Force base was to open up and just invite all of the young men and women who wanted to come in and apply and invite them to come. And so one day he is standing out there with his staff and he's standing near one of those brand new F-15 fighters and there's a pair of twin brothers that walk up to him that in his mind looked like they had just walked off the poster of the Marine Corps. They walk up to him, the chief of staff reaches out his hand, shakes hands with the first young man and he looked at him and asked him, he said, son, so... What skills can you bring to the United States Air Force? And the young man looks at him and says, I can pilot. The general, he gets all excited, of course, because he realizes he's got a man that's ready. He's already got a leg up on a lot of these other recruits coming in. He turns to his staff there, turns to one of his aides, says, get him in today. Get all the paperwork done, everything. Do it. Get this young guy enlisted. The aide hustles the young man off, and the general, then he looks at the second young man, the other twin there, and and he asks him the same question. He says, son, so what can you bring? What talents, what abilities do you have that you bring to the United States Air Force? And the young man responds, I chop wood. Son, the general replies, we don't need wood choppers in the Air Force. What do you know how to do? He says, I chop wood. Young man, the general is starting now to get a little bit, you know, he's getting agitated. You aren't listening to me. We don't need wood choppers. This is the 21st century. Well, the young man says, you hired my brother. He says, well, of course, he can pilot. The young man replies and he says, well, I have to chop it before he can pilot. And some of you will get that next week. Okay. <laughs> so who better to know what is needed, and who better to fill the ranks than the God of the universe? 
We often think that the plan of God is like so many of our plans. And like he came up against something and all of a sudden he has to go on a scavenger hunt to figure out how do I solve this. God has a plan in place. And in that plan, there was a person who would fulfill it. Mary was the person fit to fill the role to be known as the mother of the Son of God. And it was his will in which he chose this one young lady. I want to look at Mary's resume. And I want to look at just two simple parts of her resume that we would see on probably all of our lives. And what was it about this young lady that God said it's her? Notice with me, first of all, Mary's background when you think about most of our resumes, when you'd fill one out, you would describe some of your history, you would describe some of your educational background, maybe depending on the type of job, you might even go into some of your story, into a little bit about how you came to be into this location or to come to this point. What's your history? In many ways, to think about Mary, and you look at what we find here in Luke chapter 1, and you find that she's in a situation of life. She's in a type of circumstance. There are things about her in her background and things about her situation. And so this passage tells us a lot about Mary's background and the, the situation of life that we find her as it's recorded here in Luke. Some of the things that we see is that Mary was from Galilee. That Mary lives in a town called Nazareth. That Mary is supposedly engaged to be married to a man by the name of Joseph. And that Mary is a virgin. Now, you think about the significance of these details. First of all, when you think about what Luke records for us here, and in their context, Galilee was a despised area. In fact, most of the people in the upper classes of Jewry would not have looked at Galilee as anything good coming out of Galilee. The region was inundated with a lot of pagan worshipers. There was a, a, these Gentile communities that were interspersed inside of this region. It's where a lot of even the rebel climate that was trying to create these insurrections against the Roman Empire at that time as they were the, the standing invaders, these, these outsiders coming into the region. This is the region in which a lot of them had their camps and their covert operations were coming out of Galilee. Second of all, Nazareth. Nazareth was not the place that you would go to to think of as your pristine little community. Nazareth was considered to be a corrupt little town. It had what any Roman soldier passing through would want for amusement. Third, we find that in this town there is this young, very ordinary, nothing really remarkable young lady by the name of Mary. She is espoused. She's supposed to marry a man who by his trade is a carpenter. And the understanding of their culture was that Mary was most likely a young teen and Joseph maybe was a little bit older. The reason we think of that is more based upon the later readings since we hear nothing of Joseph after really chapter two when Christ enters into his earthly ministry of John chapter two. The very mention of Mary's name conjures up a lot of emotive pictures for us. I love going back into our Hispanic ministry. If I just simply say, hey, Mary, I get about 20 faces turn and look at me. It's, it's that part of the story. But yet, at the same time, when you think about what Mary means, it means bitter. 
And yet this name and the hope that it represents for us, it sparks in our mind's eye a story of shepherds rushing in, a star where magi from the east come following, bringing expensive gifts. There's these angels. In fact, the hosts of the angelic beings. There's a wicked king. We imagine a pregnant woman traveling on a donkey, coming to a stable instead of an inn, and a child being born on some dark, solemn night. No matter how aware or unaware you are of this story, Mary characterizes Christmas. The lineage given in Luke chapter 3, which we're not going to take the time to read, that's a good one if you're really having struggles sleeping at night. And you're reading so-and-so begat so-and-so and the son of so-and-so and son of so-and-so and son of so-and-so all the way down. And Luke, he gives to us an understanding of this lineage, this heritage, this legacy in which Christ was born. What's interesting is that it's very different than Matthew's in Matthew chapter 1. I shouldn't say very different, but there are different components from Matthew chapter 1 where in verse 30 of chapter 3 there you find that Joseph is not the son that's listed next. It's, it's more in the sense of Mary's line, most likely. You have a different son of David that's mentioned versus Solomon in Matthew's accounting. And what we render, render from this is that both jo- Joseph and Mary were descendants of the line of David. Mary is espoused, as this passage states in Luke 1, he speaks of that time when in their custom, a man and a woman were committed to each other, but had not yet necessarily gone through the formal relationship of of a wedding ceremony. Mary was basically Joseph's wife, but they had not consummated their marriage union through the act of the physical intercourse. Mary was still a virgin. The betrothal period could last for up to a year. It was legally binding. Any contact physically made by that daughter with any other man was considered adultery. And only a written bill of divorce could sever a pledge. They were, by all accounts, legally bound as husband and wife to each other. So this is Mary's background. This is her situation And then all of a sudden, an angel introduces himself to her and says, Mary, we have a job for you to do. Now, Mary's situation, her background is about to change. She's about to become pregnant with a child that is given to her of the Holy Spirit. What made her so special? Okay, well then, let's go to the second part. What's Mary's qualifications then? What qualified Mary to be the mother of the Son of God? Look at verses 28 through 30 again. And coming in, the angel said to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, I don't know about you. This is the way I struggle reading sometimes scripture. I'm just going to be honest with you. This is where my visual mind goes to. I love verse 29. She was perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of a salutation this was. Okay, have you had an angel show up at your doorstep anytime lately? I don't know, this just seemed to me that just he kind of undersold it, don't you think? I mean, this is sort of like, um, she was perplexed? I would have been passed out, you know what I'm saying? That's the other word I would have used in this passage. 
But it's this interesting way that Luke brings that there is something here then that she is wrestling with. There is a turmoil. There is a question mark. There's all of this. She isn't one sitting there saying, oh, well, who else is more qualified than me? What is this? What are you saying, angel? Verse 30, the angel said to her, do not be afraid. Now, we get a sense then that she probably was shaking at the knees a little bit. I love it that it's like this, and then you get into the actual story, you know, come to the shepherds out in the field, fear not. I think we deal with this in such a way that many times we fail to remember the humanity of these stories. But do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Mary's qualifications. What qualified Mary to be given such an opportunity? And from this passage, we see recognition that's offered to her by God. He, he makes these statements, highly favored. The Lord is with you. Blessed among women. You have favor with God. And based on these descriptions, some have tried to then elevate Mary to a position of deity. To some measure of authority. Some place of grandeur. That little statement, highly favored, means that God has blessed her with his desire to use her to be the mother of the Messiah. It does not note any qualities within her that were necessary for her to be chosen. She is graced and is not a bestower of grace. She is blessed and not a bestower of blessing apart from the child that she would carry. She will be a mother, but not a producer of the child that God would produce. God uses the process that he had designed at the very beginning with a couple by the name of Adam and Eve. And in that same way, a child would come forth using the same mechanical process. God would use that process to then enlist this woman to become the bearer, the conceiving one through the power of the Holy Spirit within her, in her womb, to produce a child. A child conceived of the Holy Spirit, created within Mary's womb, given human form, human inclinations, human instincts, human tendencies, and yet without human sin. And the greeting is really a flow from verse 28 where he talks about the greeting. The Lord is with you. Or another way we could say this, the Lord will help you. Mary was a little bit troubled by the greeting. She's not too used to angels coming in and giving her such an unexpected promise. She was being prepared for something which she was not aware was coming. In verse 30, you have favor with God. I like how Robert Stein in his commentary, he said it this way. He says, the issue is God's gracious choice, not Mary's particular piety. Nothing is made of Mary's personal piety either before or after this verse. The emphasis, as he goes on to say, is upon God's sovereign choice, not on human acceptability. She had found favor. She had found grace with God. She was in God's favor. She was in fellowship with God's choosing. It reminds me so much of when I read in, in Genesis chapter 8 where he talks about this with the, con, the, the, the person of Noah. When you, you, you look at the life of Abraham and you look at these individuals throughout even the Old Testament and it's like this concept of you have found favor with God. You have been remembered in God's grace. 
Mary was not being described here as in her personal qualifications, but in her personal submission. God had chosen, and Mary was compliant. The grace here is how G. Campbell Morgan used to describe it as the description of the high office of that maiden in human history, in the march of the ages, in the vastness of the economy of God. Really what we need to look at when we come to the story of Christmas is we need to stop looking at, Ma- at what Mary could offer and see how that Mary was ready to be offered. She was the one being given the opportunity to bear the Christ child. She was the vessel. She was the ready instrument that God was going to use. And the idea of this statement, favor with God, the use of that word with in the middle there, that the concept of the, that, uh, what we would consider that prepositional idea there, it speaks of finding grace by the side of God in fellowship with God. Mary, you walk with me. We have favor. There is a relationship that is already established. There is something here. There is this favor that we share together in fellowship. And I'm going to now allow you this opportunity. The emphasis here is upon God's choice, not upon human acceptability. God will do as he pleases. And the question on our part is, is are we willing to be a part of God's plan no matter how he chooses to use our lives? You see, Mary's qualification was that she was just a normal, ordinary Jewish girl who was specifically chosen by God of the universe to bear an uncommon child. Why her? Were there no other Marys? Were there no other Marthas? No other Tabithas? Were there no others? It's not the fact that there weren't potentially other people, but this is the one that God chose because only one could bear a child, the one child. This doesn't have to do with the fact that there weren't other people that God could have chosen. It has to do with the fact that he chose her. And I find in my own life and the way I look at my existence with God, it's not that there aren't other men who could pastor and other men who could do or other men who could lead or other men who could be a father or other men who could be a husband. It's that God chose me for this time and for this place to be married to this woman, to have these children. This is the choice that God gave to me. This is my part in his plan. And when we begin to understand that God's plan for us, God's will for us is about us understanding him as God and us in submission, us understanding there wasn't anything good in us. There isn't anything substantial about us. There's nothing remarkable about any of us. It's just him. Christmas reminds us that God has something greater in store. It's about him seeing him as he is, as God, which is what we wrestled with from the days of Adam and Eve when we didn't want him to be our God. We didn't want his plan for our life. And we have wrestled with that in our entire human existence. Mary's qualification was that she was just from a common town who was going to bear a heavenly child. She was not notable but we definitely have to take note of the child that she would bear. Mary's resume is not impressive, but God still chose her. 
your resume and your credentials may not be that impressive, but that's not what God's looking for. God still chooses to call us in salvation. God still chooses to call us into service. It's about his choosing. Do you know Christ as your personal savior? This little baby that would be born, who will grow to be a man, who will go to a hill on Golgotha to suffer a death and die our consequence of our sin, did not have to do that. But because of his plan, which included us, he chose to give us a way of salvation and a way to then live and the freedom that he gives to us. The Christmas story and what Mary is telling us and teaching us as we think about the character of Christmas is her characteristic is one of humble submission. In our arrogance and in our pride, we resist the identity of God. We resist the work of God. We resist the relationship that God wants to have with us. And what the Christmas story reveals is here is one who just simply said in verse 38, I'm a bondservant. May it be done to me according to your word. If we could live with more of a a sense of humility and a sense of submission and let Christmas remind us that even our Lord humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of a cross. In all these things, the Christmas story reminds us of who God is and who we are and yet how much he loved us and how much we need him. Are we willing to trust him? What's your plan? What's your purpose? What's going on in your life that you're not letting God be God in? What is it that you're balking at? You're manipulating. You're running out ahead. You're always trying to second guess. Maybe you're even trying in your prayer life to manipulate God. You're using reverse psychology even on God. Imagine that. Would you just simply submit the qualities that Mary represents best about the Christmas story is here as a vessel just ready for God to use. Could we be that way? Could we be a church that God would find ready Let's stand together for a word of prayer. Father, I pray as we close this morning that you give us a heart that is humbled and ready, a heart that is open to your plan and your purpose. May we just be submissive in a place humbled by your very presence, humbled because of who you are, the reality of your identity. Or there may be one here this morning that just refuses to trust in your message of redemption and hope because they just can't imagine surrendering to you. And yet, Lord, they have found every other God that they have tried to pursue to be cruel, oppressive, fake. Lord, I'm glad you're not any of those things. Lord, I pray that you'd open the hearts and eyes of that person to see you for who you are, the loving, gentle, benevolent God who has given us everything that we need for life and peace and hope and joy. Or may we be surrendered 
And may we be ready to receive your plan into our life and to live out your plan as you see fit. Or there are people that are struggling today because they just don't know what's going on. They don't understand the next steps. Lord, I pray that you'd help them just to submit, trust that you've got them. You know the way. You know the plan. And Lord, to be that vessel, to be that living sacrifice, as Romans 12 reminds us, so that we can prove your perfect will. Lord, I thank you for Mary. I thank you for her just simple faith. She was already in a place where she believed in you and you brought that to fruition. You evidenced your fellowship with her in a very unique way. Lord, I pray that we would be a people that would appreciate the uniqueness of your relationship with us as individuals. And may we be ready vessels to honor and glorify you in all of what life may present. Thank you that this is not the end here, but that we get to be with you for all of eternity. And I'm grateful for that little child that was born, for the hope that he brought to the world. And it's in Christ's name we pray. Sing with us. When peace like
Would you be seated just for a minute? We uh, failed to get an announcement in, and Camilla is actually out of town. Camilla's of our women's ministry. Pastor mentioned the video a few minutes ago, but we'd like to show you just a clip before we leave this morning. Um, like I said, Camilla's out of town and spent a good bit of time on this video, so we want to make sure you see it this morning. Good morning. Ladies, I want to tell you about an event that we have not been able to do for a very long time. It seems like forever. We have scheduled an overnight ladies gathering on January 20 and 21. That's a Friday night and a Saturday. It will be held at a very nice resort in Pigeon Forge right on the main parkway. There's a flyer in the foyer, foyer that details the itinerary. We are planning a deep dive into God's Word. We are planning to pray together. We are planning to sing together and worship. What a great winter getaway this will be just for you, ladies. You can start making your reservation now. There is information on that info flyer that's in the foyer on how to reserve. If money is holding you back, please just catch me privately and we can work that out for you. Several have already made their reservations. Will you come and join us? Make your reservation today. It's going to be a great time. Thanks to Camilla and our ladies' ministry. If you have any questions, uh, pick up a flyer or you can uh, email Camilla. I'm sure she'd be glad to give you some information. Thank you, Pastor. Um, I, I love working with Pastor every day. That's a, that's a thrill that, that we get as a staff. We appreciate him and appreciate his commitment to the Word. Uh, he's awful busy. He's got a lot going on and just thankful that the Lord continues to work in his heart as he leads us and uh, shepherds us along. So thank you, Pastor. We love you. If you are visiting with us, we'd love to spend a little time with you in the fellowship hall. Go straight out. I'm, I'm looking out the doors because they're wide open all the way to the fellowship hall this morning. We would love to spend a little time with you and introduce ourselves. So if, uh, if you'd like to stay with us, uh, we've got about 25, 30 minutes back there with you. Lord bless you. You're dismissed. Thank you.